4: Raise your hand if you want salon
5: perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Olive and June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code perfectmanny20 at oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20. That's Perfect Manny Twenty at com Slash Perfect Manny Twenty.
2: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media.
6: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center, the main show, the big one. This is the big superstar destroyer of our podcast feed. And with me, as always, are my co-pilots on this adventure, Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Joseph, Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. We are happy to be here on the bridge of your Superstar Destroyer. <laughs> yes. We're going to crash it into a planet this week. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Absolutely. Jennifer, you are here fresh off of making a wonderful Star Wars rap video.
7: Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I did. How
6: did how, t- tell us a little bit about that, how that came about, and, uh, and how did you get your wonderful little Padawan into that BB-8 costume?
7: We did not have a babysitter. So, it was a matter <laughs> of necessity. Uh, I had made her that costume back for Halloween, and fortunately, she's still fitting it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but basically, the video came from the fact that I was tired of mm. listening to the haters. Yeah. Um, the video was a little bit belated, but I just wanted to address address it in some way. So I thought, why not in a rap? Because I didn't want to say. Not?
6: Luckily, why the not? hate had not run out. <laughs> Amazingly. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, the internet will always have a full supply of hate for our use. <laughs> yes. Um, that's good. And of course, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go over to Jennifer's YouTube channel, right? And yes. uh, it's still featured prominently and you can catch it. Yeah. catch Jennifer laying down some uh, some mad rhymes.
7: That's right. My, my best Drake <laughs>
6: impersonation. <laughs> it's great. And your husband was a great sport, too. Right? Oh,
7: yeah. Yeah. He's my Jurassic. camera guy. So yeah. I was like, OK, why don't you be Darth Vader? So it's really a family affair.
6: Family affair. It's a family <laughs> affair. On today's show, we're going to be discussing Star Wars news. We're also going to be having a, a fun main topic of uh, if there's going to be and there will be uh, a Star Wars movie in 2020. Do we want it to be Boba Fett? And that is kind of the big question uh, today. Day that we'll deal with, and uh, I think it's a big question we'll be dealing with for years to come. Is do we want a Boba Fett film? We'll be taking fan questions from Twitter and a new segment on Force Center called Finish the Fan Fiction. Going to be a fun show today, but Joseph, let's dive into the news. Yeah, I think
1: the biggest news uh, to dive into is that whole casting of Episode 8 thing uh, with actual confirmations of a lot of people <laughs> yeah. returning and uh, a few people or a person, a significant person, not returning. Yes. Harrison Ford is not listed, so. <laughs> (laughs) Maybe
6: he'll be a surprise. Which, which. remember, right after episode seven, there was that little story that broke. Kathleen Kennedy or someone said, "Uh, the entire cast will be back. And everyone's like, well, Han Solo's not there. Yes, and the
1: entire internet pushed their glasses up their nose and said, actually, he is listed on the IMDb. So uh, it
6: is possible that... uh, I think with a few clicks, all three of us can be listed on the IMDb for for, uh, episode eight. Yes, they have a section for fans. Just include yourself.
1: Claim to be a background alien. Uh, And then the confirmation of Niso del Toro, which is amazing, yeah. since he has been talking about being in the movie for, it seems
6: like, 27 years. Yes. (laughs) And now he's finally confirmed. I had just accepted it. Did you accept it, Jennifer? Did you question him at all, being in that movie?
7: No, of course not. I love Benicio Del Toro. He is such a fantastic actor, and I'm so excited to see what type of character he's going to be. I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, one could assume he's going to be a villain.
1: Well, this is a part of his journey of being in this movie, of he he said he was going to be a villain, then he said, whoops, I wasn't supposed to say that, (laughs) and then he said, eh, I already said it, yeah. I'm a villain.
6: Um, come at me. Come
1: at me, bro. Okay, uh, so, okay. But who knows? And, and he had so many conversations with the media like that. That's why I assumed he was confirmed. So when we got the news right. of confirmation, like, oh, he's just been out there talking. Like, he does not give a damn. I'm okay. Benicio Del Toro. Well, I'll in, say any
6: damn thing. Back right. in December of movie fights, I, I included him in my episode eight pitch because I just assumed he was in it. Yeah. And I want him to be bad. Right. I want him to be Snoke's real right hand man. Yeah. And that Kylo Ren's got to defeat him. Yeah.
7: Ooh. Do
1: you um, have
6: a theory, Jennifer? Do you have oh, someone you want him to be? Yeah.
7: Well, I thought. Yeah, I figured that, but I thought that he would train Kylo Ren. Mm. But I, I mean, ooh, maybe there's some sort of competition between them, and, yeah. and Benicio del Toro's character does not like Kylo Ren. Right. So there. I don't know. This is interesting. I, oh yeah.
6: I, I wanted literally to to use the, the terms and the wrestling terms: a three way match between Luke, Benicio del Toro, and Kylo Ren. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think that. This is what I think. Uh, Kylo kills Benicio and Luke in this one. For me, what? And this is how Luke goes out. No, I'm and getting obsessed. And he, about sends get Rey, out, he sends Ray. He sends Ray to the one person that can help her now. Her mother and that's how that's how it ends. Oh
1: that's wow. Cool. You, you like just that's from Benicio real. del Toro, he unlocked yes. the whole plot for you. Man. I do really what whatever character he plays, I like the idea of him having a lightsaber fight with Luke because yeah. I, I would like to see Luke throw down with someone. Maybe mm-hmm. we're not emotionally ready yet for a fight with Kylo. Right. And it seems like Luke should be able to beat Kylo real easy right at this point. But yeah, he's another actor with gravitas who's also a little bit of an older gentleman, so it could be a very sort of a, a, a sophisticated elegant fight that is respectful of their age.
6: It would be like an mm. updated version from the lightsaber fight A New Hope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a little less yes. gadink, gadink, gadink. Maybe a spin or two more. A actually. spin or
6: two. A yeah. spin or two.
1: But not big goals, Summer Sultan flipping through the air. <laughs> no.
6: Which would be good. I don't want. Yeah, I don't need that all the time. I mean, I what I one of the things I loved about the Ray and Ren lightsaber fight was it was kind of simple and a little brutal. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was just hack and slash. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there was no elegance to it, uh, mm-hmm. which was cool. Right. Uh, but speaking of elegance, uh, we we also got confirmation of Laura Dern being yeah. cast in the movie, which right. is amazing. Yeah, you guys, Laura Dern fans to begin with.
7: Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Dr.
7: Ellie Sattler. Hi,
1: I'm Joseph's stupid question scrimshaw.
7: <laughs> no. My favorite line from Jurassic Park.
1: Run.
6: Oh, man. Uh, have you ever seen uh, our old friend uh, from Jedi Alliance, Maud Garrett, does a great Laura Dern and did it to Laura Dern in an interview. And Laura oh, really? did that moment. Oh, run. It's great. Yeah, I, I love uh, the casting of Laura Dern. It's out of left field. I uh, mm-hmm. was, It, it just kind of slipped in there. Yeah, uh, No rumors. Nothing. I had never heard, maybe unless you guys have, uh, never heard that name brought up. Nope, never no. heard it floating around. And we never
1: heard any, uh, any obvious guesses on this role being looked for. We never heard right. of like, we're looking for somebody with a status and a history in the industry, and we're looking for a middle-aged woman with really some weight to her. Like, we never heard rumors about that.
6: Right. Role being looked for. Right. right. I mean, we heard the possibly a, a love interest for a bayega, and then we, we kind of, you know, younger female being casters, that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. That's why I was, and it was so just subtle. Here's a clip. Oh, by the way, Laura turns in the movie. Yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is such a, a caring, uh, well, at least she portrays characters that are very caring, very maternal. So, yeah. of course, the obvious idea is that she would be Ray's mother. Some sure. are speculating that if she is Ray's mother, that she would be killed in the first act.
1: Oh, that, that's who are these some. monsters? Are like, let, well, based on this
6: casting, which
1: beloved character is going to die
6: when?
7: Right. I love these commenters. I they're awesome. They come up with great theories. Uh,
6: yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, I can get behind some of these weird fan theories, but I, yeah, I don't. My thoughts don't go to mother first. Hmm. I don't know what I think. It could be. Um, I know there's, I don't think it syncs up time wise, but there's some thoughts that she could be. I mean, I don't know. She's, she, uh, Carrie Fisher's early 60s now. Laura Dorn is yeah. definitely not that old. No. But I'm trying to the character of, of Evan in uh, the Princess Leia comic series, which is the tall, blonde, Alderanian fighter pilot mm. who helped Leia back then. And I saw something about that, and I could see that. It definitely fits for the yeah. physical description. Mm-hmm. And age-wise, again, it would fit. I'm trying to get that. I don't know that age of that character uh in that time but and again then again it doesn't matter acting um so that could be a theory that i'm I'm getting behind yeah i mean there's also the history of casting at least in the prequels
1: uh for sure casting a bigger name actor in like a very small role like jimmy smith's uh and it might just be like she's on a Planet, she's a weird alien yep. who is helping our friends for five minutes, but just knocks it into yeah. the park for five minutes. And this right. happened,
6: uh you know the one I go to is the actor who played plays uh played uh Cereal Pharrell on Game of Thrones. I said plays because I'm not sure that character's dead in my mind. But um uh Cereal Pharrell, Arya Stark's sword master, yes. and he got cast in episode seven. It was like awesome. He's in the background at Masconata's castle for like Mm. one or two shots. Um, But you you bring a good point in discussing some of these theories, and I love it, and I love, oh, Renee's mother. His mother makes a lot of sense. Remember, Terrence Stamp was cast in in *Venom* Medicine and got to sigh once. (laughs) (laughs) It it was not a waste of his time,
1: but it was sad to see, oh, Zod, you have fallen so far (laughs) in the galaxy. Uh, I was introduced to Laura Dern at a young age in all the David Lynch movies, and I'm a big David Lynch fan, and, and she played uh, very strong and resilient but tortured weirdos yeah. or uh, the kind of the normal person surrounded by all of the bizarreness of David Lynch. So there's something about that that makes me want to see her play something bizarre because she has that in her, too, to be a very weird, artsy actor as well as like, yeah, I'm, I'm a maternal figure who can right. hold big blockbusters like yeah. Jurassic Park that she's also... You can Absolutely. just be a weirdo with you know four eyes and three arms. Yeah, <laughs> that would be just fine
6: too.
7: Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> be that. Yeah, but
6: it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting casting man. A lot. I have a lot of faith in eight. Um, yeah. Hashtag faith in eight and uh, <laughs> the D- D- Del Toro confirmation and Dern just slipping into the cast. That's that's yeah that's exciting stuff And then, then the last one, which is I think
1: the weirdest one of mm-hmm. the casting announcements, was the Kelly Marie Tran or right. Tron. I don't know how to pronounce it which way, uh, yeah. but. That I think is the role that we kept speculating on about the various ingenue type roles, yeah. and she has got a background as a comic actor,
6: which right. is really yeah.
1: exciting. Mm-hmm. I was looking at
6: some of her, her credits there. I mean, appearances on Kimmel and Comedy Bang Bang and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this was something I would have. I thought it was going to be more. we were here in Tatiana Maslani and all these kind of like buzzworthy names, and maybe that's still to come. We don't know. Um, uh, true, but yeah, interesting choice.
7: It is an interesting choice, and of course, people online are, are now sleuthing trying to see anything that they can find. So some people were pointing to her online resume, which it says uh, Episode 8, Lead. So instead right. of listing it as a supporting, she's oh. claiming that it's lead. Now, <laughs> as as an actor, I know all about embellishment and whatever. You know, I mean, so I'm what? not gonna.
1: Maybe yeah. that's her character's name, lead. <laughs> what?
7: <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wouldn't give uh, much yeah. thought to that. But I I kind of feel like she's going to be a, a small character. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't know. I,
1: I, uh... I. It seems to me like in the history of Star Wars casting, it is more likely to shove the big names into. The those supporting roles to give it weight and then find the new exciting people that you had no idea and that they're that talented. And definitely the, the formula for episode seven. So
6: right, could be more true. unknowns to come. And, and again, where uh, they did so well with Boyega uh, and Ridley. Oscar Isaac was known enough, I think, but yeah. still kind of on the outskirts. Uh, yeah, they hit it out of the park with those, so if I have a lot of faith in what they're doing again hashtag faith and eight started um, uh, you know if they've found someone who is a little comedy bit player or a sketch player and they see something in her i'm I'm on board to see what's going on yeah or Definitely. if they're even
1: brave enough to yes it is a romance for Finn but it is a little uh, a little y so you need somebody who like can run and shoot with a blaster but can be as funny as boyega as Finn and is right. on point funny. It's yes. can
6: she say droid please? Is, is all, uh, <laughs> that's the side. That's the side. Yes. It's <laughs> such emotional desperation. Jennifer, we, we discussed on The Last Four Center, but we uh we don't want to get so off track and dive into it. But your thoughts on romance in eight and the lack of romance in seven? Yeah. Do we need it? Do no. Do you want it? No. No? Yeah?
7: I know. I mean, we can see hints of it. I like that there that there was some kind of like you know a little bit of chemistry sure. between Finn and Ray a little bit of tension yeah. i don't need Unless it's going to be an awesome love story, mm. I don't need to see it. You but don't. that's just me personally. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, are you guys? Do you need that?
6: Um, I I find that it's uh, weird that it wasn't there upon retrospect. I didn't during the movie, but yeah. it, was, mm. it was kind of Joseph himself saying, you know, they didn't really have that. Right. You know, maybe Finn and Poe. We don't know. Maybe Finn oh. and Ray. We don't know. Maybe BB-8 and Poe. We don't know. <laughs> but... Um, BB-8 and R2? It, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah, know. Definitely. We I think yeah. we knew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I it's weird to think that a sweeping space saga wouldn't have a sweeping romance mm-hmm. to me, but... Uh, I, yeah, I predict if there is not a romance, we
1: will be amazed by the opposite backlash that we had mm-hmm. to Force Awakens, where the second film in the trilogy has always been the one where the romance is essential. It is a big part of the plot. It's part of what moves things forward. Mm-hmm. And if there just isn't a romance at all, I get, I bet people will be angry like but there should have been a romance. It's the second one in the trilogy. Where was the romance? Why didn't you
6: repeat enough? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's the first part of the the news of the week but eight is, eight is begun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're shooting in a lot of the rumors
1: around it and a lot of the uh, social media stuff that the actors have been posting revolve around training physically for the film. We mm-hmm. saw that uh, Boyega is practicing what looked like some kind of kendo based on his Instagram photo. And then uh, we saw a shot of Daisy Ridley practicing running with uh, a parachute on her back. Whatever. I don't think that means anything other than why well, don't you run fast? Uh, I don't think it means that Ray's going to have a parachute on her back now.
6: Quite frankly, I think when she's done with Star Wars, uh, Daisy Ridley could go into MMA. I mean, <laughs> that video of her doing that deadlift uh, with like all that weight, like, I, I you know, I hit the gym and I can't do that. I, she's impressive to me. So maybe she's just like, oh, I run with parachutes now. Yeah, maybe. I I'm just bored. I it's, not training. <laughs> it's not training. This <laughs> is my lunch. I think she really is a Jedi. Yeah. But this speaks to the film, Joseph, being, uh, being got some action. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I It
1: seems like it's going to be action loaded, which I'm really excited about, and in physical action as well as space ships blowing things up. Right. How do you feel about that, Jennifer? Do you want there to be lots of fighting?
7: Absolutely, I love seeing her preparing. I, I mean, and uh, John Boyega, man, he was doing that jump rope. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah, the, the physical uh, um, condition that they have to be in—that's really exciting. Well,
6: yeah, Mark Hamill in, in *Empire* is ripped, man. That guy shredded. Like, I, I always kind of wanted like. A little more, like I kind of Mark. Mark Hamill wanted Luke and Jedi to be a little more a scar and an earring and a shirt being ripped <laughs> off. I think he already wanted a, you know, he earned it. He hit the yeah. gym and earned it. But yeah, you're, you're, they're, they're looking good. They're looking strong. This is gonna be interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. and it makes me think that we're gonna kind of escalate forward to there's a full on war now mm-hmm. between the resistance in the First Order.
7: Right, mm. right. And what about, isn't Oscar Isaac also? He's been training as well. So, I mean, I haven't seen anything, but I read that somewhere that mm. he's even.
1: Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that it has been out there. He doesn't seem to be posting any sort of like, uh, no. look at my pecs dance or yeah. anything like that. No,
6: <laughs>
7: but that would be interesting Man. if he does have more of a physical role in yeah. episode
6: eight. I definitely yeah. want more of Poe and eight. I think everyone yeah. does. Uh, I think uh, I was happy with what we got because as we've discussed before, it seemed like they were prepared to kill that character off early, anyways. Yes. Um, so it was a bonus what we got. Um, uh, he made that uh, his charisma in the final fight scenes, his charisma through the whole movie is awesome. But um, in watching the movie again, for like the fifth or sixth time, suddenly the attack on Star- Starkiller Base was like my favorite part because because of Poe in that little in that little cockpit just yeah and it's bringing so much energy his and life
1: coaching speeches to all the other <laughs> pilots about how to think about it you know
6: they, yeah.
1: you know you get up on the right side of the bed we can blow up this star killer base uh, you
6: know he was watching rebels and learning about teamwork and inspiration <laughs> uh,
1: yeah and it, it it makes me feel like maybe we'll get a little bit of that empire flavor of not necessarily there are eight lightsaber fights but mm-hmm. more just our heroes are bonded by being in war and they are oh, yeah. just on the run always so that maybe this physicality is just about they're always running down quarters they're always jumping from explosions they're always in a rush somewhere right yeah uh, that'd be that'd be fun
7: that'd be fun can we also talk about how the uh, what w- T R eight trader you know F N two one nine nine yeah he's he's well he's a what like the stunt coordinator or something yeah. yeah so obviously he's gonna be in the film but I I would love it if if he returns the <laughs> if riot Stormtrooper
6: return if he survives the bowcaster blast yes like, yeah, why not? yeah I don't think that actual
1: character needs to survive I think it's fine <laughs> I, I I like to believe in a first order Jennifer's heart yeah. that was organized <laughs> enough to say let's train more than one dude on the baton
7: <laughs> he was the only one
1: he's the only the one, chosen one. Yeah, so maybe that's the whole plot of the film: is uh. the dark arts of the uh, dark side of the force uh. to raise uh. TR-8R from the dead. And that
6: that he character was... appears in uh, the before before the awakening book, yeah. right? Yeah, they flesh him out. He's fleshed out a little oh, bit yeah. there. Yeah, right, right. Maybe we can get a maybe we can get just for you, Jennifer, like a side series, maybe a Marvel <laughs> a Marvel one shot or a five five issue run of, uh, of Traitor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's Vinicio <sighs> del Toro's role. He's, oh my god. <laughs> He is the father of T.R.A. Yeah, he's yeah. the father. He's coming Seeking back for <laughs> This is what I want to see. You got go picture. <laughs> So, so, uh, and, and uh, the, the actual clip itself we haven't had a, as a team had a chance to discuss of them showing the the principal photography beginning of, of Ray and Luke and uh, I, I don't know if they're reshooting that scene or if that was old footage I had thought, I swear in my life i heard that they had shot during the 7 they shot there as well yeah. for 8 knowing they were going to stay there so I don't know if they're kind of cheating a little bit in the video production or it's something completely new I don't
1: know I think, I think they are but now that we've Seen the movie uh, Force Awakens? It is a really weird teaser, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think we've talked about it is not normal for a Star Wars movie to take off exactly from the moment we cut off. But of course, like Correct. I want to hear the first word out of Luke's mouth, yeah. Uh, but how are we going to do that and have Star Wars be the normal Star Wars, or, or is Ryan Johnson going to go crazy enough to have like a little teaser at the beginning where it's the Finish the conversation. Then, bam, the Star Wars music hits and the crawl comes. Well, over. that'd be interesting, yeah. Damn yeah, that would yeah. be crazy.
6: But that's, so an, that's, that's an excellent point, Joseph, when you really break that down. Uh, what, what Joseph said is, that, you know, the movie's always got to have time. There's there's a year and a half or so in storyline between Star Wars and Empire, stuff like that. This could be the first crawl that's like uh, 10 seconds later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, and Luke said, um, uh, I really Sorry. don't want to. Could
1: you uh, give me just give me uh, a few
6: minutes? <laughs> give me, to uh, Give me a moment, Look, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Standing at the grave of uh, whoever that is. Uh, Biggs Darklighter, I swear that's Biggs' grave. Um, Really mean of Luke to wait decades to put up a grave for Biggs, but... (laughs) He went back. He went back. But it's definitely exciting to see it and and see Ryan Johnson on there. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I'm really excited to see what he's doing with this movie. And we're here. Even with the pushback of the movie, the release of the movie, I'm okay with that. Oh, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah, me too. Totally Okay. So that is uh, that looks like uh, the news wrap up. For yeah, right I think now. it's the big stuff. That's the big stuff. There's always stuff breaking every day. Um, I think uh, at the time of this recording, uh, later this evening. So we're not going to get it on this batch of recordings. Uh, we're going to see uh, some reveals of Star Wars Land, part of the live uh, special tonight, hosted by Harrison Ford, Disney 60. Uh, I'm curious about that. Having just gone to Disneyland myself recently, hmm. and been disappointed <gasps> with Star Tours, the new Star Tours. Really?
7: Oh, really? Why?
6: because i 'm an idiot what were you what were you expecting <sighs> look i 've loved star tours uh, uh, I've, I was there like a couple months after it opened in eighty five or wherever it was so i it needed an update I loved the new updates even though I kept getting Vader because it 's supposed to alternate how you get this one it just had it didn't <sighs> Such a Star Wars nerd. The canon was so messed up. It is really, really confusing, annoying canon in uh, Star Tours. Because you got 3PO, which I'm still depressed they replaced Rex with 3PO. 3PO's fine. Boyega shows up. They're talking about the Resistance in the First Order. But then you go, and Boba Fett's chasing you, uh, and the second Death Star's in the background. And they use seismic charges, which I love, obviously. One of my favorite sound effects in Star Wars. It just, there's... I, yeah, that that was the... I, I went twice, and that was the second one I got. And it was like, why is the second Death Star by Geonosis? And yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm in the... And I'm like talking to my friend Jessica going, none of this counts. <laughs> like, I'm an idiot. but am uh, a total idiot. Oh but uh I'm hoping Star Wars Land is a little better than that. And I think it will be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So next time we'll talk about it. Maybe, and eventually we'll have to book our tickets. We'll just all go as a team in two, three years to... Star Wars Land and bring our Zooms and record that. (laughs) That that sounds great. (laughs) Now, we will get to our main topic today um, and uh, something we want to talk about. uh, And that is, uh, like I said, there's going to be a Star Wars movie in 2020. Or is there? I think there is because they're going to release Star Wars movies from now to the end of time. And uh, the question we're asking here is, uh, is it going to be a Boba Fett movie? What should it be? And should they take one year off? Which I think is a very interesting question. Um, So, Jennifer, how about you dive on in? Um, Boba Fett Yay Nay Nah Nah
7: I don't really I don't need it I don't need I would actually love to see A brand new character Have a standalone film Wow Why not Yeah You know Or Of course we've talked about Ewan McGregor Sure One That's a nice idea Yeah part of me actually wants them to take a little bit of a break. Take just one year. Gotcha. But I don't, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Especially with Star Wars Land, which I was reading could actually open in 2020.
6: Yeah. Wow. So then
7: they could have a big movie coordinating with the opening of that. I don't know. Or maybe, yeah. So (laughs) I just am very conflicted.
6: What is it about Boba Fett that you don't want to see a standalone anthology movie about just him?
7: I just... I don't... I think that he's... How do I put... I don't know.
6: It's okay. You
1: you can't hurt his feelings. <laughs>
7: just,
1: he's the toughest bounty hunter. It's You're, done.
7: Y- like, yeah. I mean, I know... Of course, we all know about, you know, his stories after Return of the Jedi. But sure. I don't... I don't need to see it. I don't. I feel like... I don't need to see a Yoda film. Mm-hmm. I don't... I mean... The only thing about the Obi-Wan film is I think Ewan McGregor is such a fantastic actor. Yeah. That would be interesting I think he's a
1: fascinating me. actor and I think it's a rich time period uh, yeah. because we've all kind of imagined so much about it and it's so um, kind of right now in that the prequels aren't that old and it's just, it's just that perfect time period of something mm-hmm. weird and juicy could happen there.
7: Right. And I think that's also another thing is that like my imagination, it, it, I don't think that the film could live up to what I have perhaps imagined. For
6: For Boba Fett. For or? Boba Fett. For, for or, for or but, any of gotcha. these
7: older characters that I, that yes. are so beloved, like I just I don't want to be disappointed. Let's go in a different direction, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know because
1: that- you're you're a little ambivalent about Han Solo, right? You were. about the Han Solo Ugh. movie. Ugh. <laughs> Don't even get me
7: started about the Han Solo movie.
1: We're
6: getting you started.
7: No, because I just, who can compare to Harrison Ford? It right. just, right. it just can't, no matter how fantastic the actor is. That's what they should do.
1: They should have multiple characters, oh. multiple actors play, play? Han Solo. At like, different like moments in his life, like, like he that Bob have, Dylan movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. exactly. That should okay. be Han Solo. Yeah. No, and it, it shouldn't even be conceptual. He should just have like eight space accidents. He <laughs> <laughs> just has to keep changing his face.
0: <laughs> I just, I. I'm can't. trying
1: to set up a really bad Han Solo movie so you feel better about it when it comes out. Jennifer. No,
7: oh, are they still? Are they still doing it? Is Miles Teller still on that short list? Please, God, say no.
6: Um, yeah, I don't. I think so. I mean, I, I, no. yeah, I don't know it, what to believe. In I that. think what oh. we learned about this casting, like, yeah. uh,
1: the Kelly Marie uh took the role that everybody was reporting as uh, Google and Bethwa
6: raw right. Had so right.
1: I don't think that we need to believe anything on the Han Solo shortlist.
6: Good because I, I I don't yeah for a second I don't believe I've, I've had some um, uh, insiders some studio guys tell me that they, sure those people are on the list they're not the only ones still yeah. on the list <gasps> yeah it's all it's all a shell game you know what I mean yeah, So what right. publicists can get your client's name into the into the trades you know what I mean so that kind true. of stuff so I, but I'm with you Jennifer uh, on the Han Solo to a point not as against it as much as you are but but uh, I I think my faith is in the Kasdans, Um mm-hmm. father. And son to really do something good with it, but I, I, I'm apprehensive because it's 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 Han Solo, it's Harrison Ford. Just like I, I, I don't know if I want a fifth indie movie without Harrison Ford. You know, even though I'm I was a fan of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles as a TV show growing up. Um, but as far as Boba Fett, I'm on the page with you. Um, I don't know if I need unless it's unless it's something totally different. Like it is him crawling out of the Sarlacc, and it's in a new territory, and maybe he goes through a sea change or something. But prior to that, like it's Vader. Was the big bad evil that we found was just a nice old guy uh, underneath who just was missing his girlfriend and his wife, I should say. Um, I don't want suddenly Boba Fett's motivations to be different than he's just kind of this scummy bounty hunter to me. You know, all right. His dad got killed and now he hates Jedi. I get it. I don't don't need any more to that character. He's cool. I like him. Yes. Put him over there with IG-88. Thank you. And our friend Dengar. Thank you. I do think they need to take a year off, though. But you're right, 2020 is probably not going to be a year they do it. How about this in 2020? You'll see Star Wars, the anthology film, Maz Kanata's castle.
4: (laughs) Ah,
1: yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that idea. I like a strange just adventures in Maz Kanata's castle. But I think, they're, I think the reason that they're backing off from the mm-hmm. Boba Fett is whatever problems of development they had for their idea with mm-hmm. that. But I think also they're trying to figure out how are we going to build this so it can sustain.
4: Mm-hmm. So instead yeah. of
1: just we've got a new a trilogy and then we've got a couple of fan favorite characters coming back they need to build a little bit of an ongoing story like Marvel. I think they kind of have to mm-hmm, because yes. I think our patience is going to run out for individual standalone films, even if they're really great. I think there has to be some sort of actual plot MacGuffin connecting them, or I think there has to be uh, some large
6: theme connecting them. That's, you know, you, something just popped my head as I'm listening to you. Talk about that, Joseph, is let's say Rogue One is both a critical and it's going to be a financial hit, not as much as Episode 7 for sure, but who knows. But um, let's say it's a critical hit and they do such a great job with it and it's these new characters and maybe Vader and Tarkin are there, but it's this new band of rebels. What if they're like, you know what, we're going to go off and follow these guys for a little bit? like. I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a viable approach. Or
1: if they do set Han uh, pretty young, like he's right. meeting Chewie or he just met Chewie, and it is just a romp. It's just fun. It doesn't yeah. really connect. I, would I love can that. see them going like, "Well, crap. Let's just do Han Solo movies for a while." <laughs>
7: oh, Okay, I don't love let's do,
1: that. Do
7: it. <laughs> I was on board, and then no, no, Different no. Different actor every mine. time, too. Every movie, <laughs> it'd be great. Uh,
1: but yeah. I can see them trying to to build another brand mm-hmm. instead yes. of all of this. I, I don't think. I think the standalones are going to tire people out faster than anything else. Yes. So how do you get a movie that has some buy-in from a previous movie without stepping on the sagas as the
6: official story of the galaxy? Right. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I hadn't really thought about it until I'm listening to you talk. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, you know, we could have a new trilogy that we're not expecting that's not 10, 11, and 12. It is It is Han and Chewie, 1, 2, and 3.
3: Whoa. Ah,
6: it could be. I could yeah. see them making that kind of, because I think we're going to get to the point, too, where you're going to have two two a year. Two you're, a year? I think, you're, I, don't, I think with what you're looking at Marvel oh, and what they're doing, wow. and now this year alone, Marvel's just like, screw it. We're yeah. doing a bunch' <laughs> we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing a bunch,
1: yeah, and they they maintain that because they have the different characters who have very different genres of movies based on their character mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be the big revelation of Rogue One. I think right now it seems kind of sleepy, only fans really know about it, only fans are excited about it, mm-hmm. but I think you know starting pretty soon, the marketing machine of Disney is going to educate normal human beings on it's Star Wars like you've never seen it. Yeah, And I think that's going to be the angle, and it's going to excite people about, oh, well, Star Wars, I know it. It's an epic space fantasy. It sometimes has politics, sometimes has humor, sometimes has romance, but there's always lightsabers and Destiny. And this is going to be like, no, Star Wars can be anything. You'll recognize some ships, some stormtroopers will get shot. But beyond that, (laughs) it is like a movie you have never seen before. And I think once Mm. normal people figure that out, if the movie is good, it's going to explode in that idea of we could do anything.
6: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ah, well, that I'm, get, I'm getting excited for Rogue One again. Just <laughs> yeah. Talk. yeah. I, was, I, was, I was flashing back to the uh, Star Wars Celebration teaser trailer they released for Rogue One, which did a great job of like, yeah, it's these uh, characters, this movie's about people you don't know yet, but they're rebels, and you know the rebels, and you know the Empire, and that's kind of all we need yeah. to get this going for you as mm-hmm. fans, so... Uh, Anything, do you have any specific thoughts, Joseph, on what you'd want uh, a movie to be instead of Boba Fett, or anything that you could see them making the Boba Fett movie be? Well, I
1: want the Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie or trilogy more than anything. Like, uh, if somebody said, can I have your first firstborn?" I'd say, "Uh, I was kind of iffy on having kids, but I'll have a kid (laughs) to give it to you in order to get. (laughs) Fair enough. Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know, I know. (laughs) I know, uh, this is a, this is a true, I, I tweeted this as a joke, but it's a true story. Uh, a couple of days after the force awakens came out, I just had a really sad, upset look on my face and my wife was like, what's wrong? And it's was like, I, I, I didn't realize I was making that face. I was honestly thinking, what if they don't let Ewan McGregor make an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie? <laughs> like, that's how strongly I feel about it. Cause I feel like one of the reasons I want the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie is not only because I think Ewan McGregor is great and, mm-hmm. uh, the character is great, and he is this real true linking thing to what the Star Wars we know. But I also feel like in this era of uh, remakes and reboots and nostalgia stuff, it, it's always sad when you miss the window for a really talented performer to do something at the right time. Right. Like, I'm thrilled that The Force Awakens brought back our classic friends. But it also would have been pretty awesome if in, like, 1997 we got the adventure of Kylo Ren and Luke starting the Jedi Academy and the fact that, well, we can never really see that adventure because it doesn't matter how much money we spend on star Wars. We cannot change (laughs) morality or time. Sadly, uh, uh, Mortality, not morality. Morality. We can change morality. Uh, So that, that really makes me want Obi-Wan Kenobi because like, don't let this pass. He's exactly the right age Mm -hmm. for this thing to happen. So I want that more than anything. If not that, I think I want them to really explore genre. Like, I would mm. want them to do a horror movie. Okay. Or, uh, or find a way to be like, this is kind of a comedy. It's, gotcha. You know, maybe a kind of Simon Pegg uh, kind of comedy where it's like, the yeah. stakes are still there. So I would want them to really explore the genre. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I want them to start building blocks to connected narrative. Hmm. That's separate from the saga, because I think the hardest thing in all of this is keeping the saga special and unique. Yes. So I would like at least two years off from saga movies because they work on nostalgia. They work on the weight of time passing Mm -hmm. and I don't need... 15 years to pass, but I do want a little window to pass.
6: And I think we're already seeing with Rogue One and uh, Han Solo movies these are Star Wars movies that won't uh, revolve around the galaxy's favorite family the Skywalkers, um, or the ultimate big battle between good and evil the Empire and Rebels, the Resistance and First Order so uh, I agree with you that I think uh, you could, uh, we could go in some other directions and explore this big galaxy that people always talk about and I hear a lot of people criticizing uh, not criticizing, but just kind of saying, hey you know, it's a big galaxy and we want more in a sand and snow planet and everything well yeah you're right so those are the movies that we could really do it and i i would like it to make some sense and not just completely quote standalone yeah you know
1: yeah and i feel like han solo might be the opening of a door to the world of the rogues and the bounty hunters and the the smugglers and that that might be their building block for a genre of like well most of our movies are going to be the lower class of the Star Wars galaxy, mm. not the politicians, not the warriors and the Jedi, but yeah. the disenfranchised people. And maybe that's what Han Solo is doing. Maybe it's building that is like, this is, this is the world we play in. Mm. Cause that's a huge part of what Marvel has done too, with the differences between their big galactic movies, their very earthbound movies. And now with the Netflix show, here are people specifically in Hell's Kitchen and we're going to get like 18 shows just out of people fighting in Hell's Kitchen. And I think that that they need to do that kind of thing where like it feels almost like a a different world because it's such a different part of the galaxy.
6: Jennifer, you might get a a Netflix Ewok show. You don't know.
7: Oh my god! I think it's possible. Oh, can you imagine?
6: Yes. I can't. But can you? Oh, I (laughs) can't. Do
7: you guys think that like, I mean, because we are so excited about an Obi-Wan film. Do you think that Lucasfilm is like, oh, fans are, are really wanting this. Let's give them what they want. Or if we're like, hey, guys, you know, we kind of need a break from this. Do you think that they will actually, like, Take that to consideration, or just be like, "Ah, oh, we're just full steam ahead."
6: Fair question, and the example I go to is maybe fan service can uh, work, or, or the desires of fans. There's a little bit of Deadpool. I think that was all we already in place. I think uh, the footage was quote leaked. I'm sure someone, Ryan Reynolds, cough, cough, maybe had something to do with that footage <laughs> being leaked. I don't think it was as much as uh, I'm speaking from a point of not having insider knowledge here, but I don't think it was as fan campaign-y as we would like it to believe, but I think there was also a fever pitch for it that someone at Fox was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we better... Yeah, this this sounds good and this is going to look good. Let's go for it and do it. And Deadpool's definitely a movie the fans wanted right uh whether or not their hashtags worked i don't know (laughs) Mm. yeah i think for deadpool it was also that is
1: the character that is the idea that worked in the comic books and i think a great example of everybody involved just having faith of like it's got a small fan base who likes it for exactly this and that's Mm -hmm. going to translate to other people uh and i don't know how that maps out To Star Wars Because everybody Loves kind of Every corner of Star Wars Except for uh, Jar Jar and Ewoks I was going to (laughs) say The Ewoks? Besides besides that I think Ewoks Are the guardians Of the galaxy Of Star Wars
5: There you go And I
1: think uh, (laughs) In that somebody might uh recognize their value such as you jennifer absolutely and want to expand in this direction and guardians of the galaxy was such a victory lap for marvel of proving we can do anything yeah (laughs) we people know captain america they know the hulk but you didn't know iron man you didn't know black widow there's no reason you should have liked thor but you did holy crap how did like (laughs) yeah and they'd already had that much hubris and like But no, now you're going to like a tree and a (laughs) raccoon. And in fact, well, you like them even more. We can do anything. So I feel like since it's the same company, they have to be looking Uh, for that. How do we get to that point of buy-in where we can do
6: anything and they just have faith?
1: Mm.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. But
6: we'll see. Maybe if you're out there listening, you want to start uh, Ewan for Obi-Wan hashtag. Maybe we can (laughs) can get it rolling. Maybe. Maybe we can get it rolling there. So that's our look at uh, uh, the future of Star Wars films. And and fortunately, we've got a great future of Star Wars films. Uh, We'll see if in five years we're like, just make it stop. Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. I think that's why they're putting the brakes on Boba Fett is to figure out how to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. Hmm. Hey, look, Disney. They may be a giant evil corporation that owns a city, but they got that way for a reason. Yeah, and yes. Marvel is what it is for a reason. Yes, uh, when it comes to Star Wars. I'm sure it's going to happen for a reason. Um, you guys out there, we're so supportive of our fans. And you guys uh, always uh, are so great on my show, Spotlight Star Wars, of, of talking to me using the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. But we also uh, want to talk to you using the hashtag Force Center, which is our show here. The main show, the big ship, the superstar destroyer of Star <laughs> Wars talk. Um, so a lot of you out there uh, put out put out your questions. And there's some great stuff here, man. And and Joseph, I think in the, in the time we have left, we, we're not rushing at all let's uh let's
0: let's dive some of these
6: uh, dive into some of these questions yeah
0: yeah
1: it sounds great uh
3: Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
5: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com
7: slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash
5: ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon-perfect nails for just $2 a manicure.
1: I, I, this one is uh, ties into what we were talking about with the standalone films. Mm-hmm. Brian Smith asks, "How do you guys feel about the lack of old Lando in the new trilogy?"
6: I have a thought on that, Jennifer. Oh yeah, you okay. dive in. No, you oh, okay?
7: All right. Well, oh god.
6: Do you want a Lando and Ewoks movie? Don't you?
7: No, <laughs> no. You know what? Oh, you guys, this is just. I don't want to say it, but he. I love Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. he's wonderful, but I don't think he's in the best condition to be performing uh i've met him in person and he's a lovely gentleman Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's i think it's wise that they did not include him let's put it Mm -hmm. that way
1: yeah i think that it it, i I don't i haven't interacted with him personally i haven't seen him at conventions but i have certainly seen other older people that fans love who i feel like sometimes it's a little uh they're being pushed beyond what they should be doing at their age and i and i have felt bad for people of fans are thrilled for them. and Like, do something. Like, no, just relax. Enjoy your life. It's yeah. okay. You've yeah. done enough for us. <laughs>
6: yeah, I'm a huge Lando fan. I really was disappointed that the character wasn't in the film. But the oh. reality is, I, and I would not have wanted to recast it, to be clear. Right. But the reality is, I, I'm kind of worthy. Of. He, he's, you know, Harrison Ford's, what, 73? And that is a young 73. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lando, uh, Lando. Uh, Billy D. Williams, I think, is a little bit older. And, and yeah, uh, you know. How dare he get a little older? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's again, going to Carrie Fisher. It's like uh, she did great in what she was given. I don't think she could have been the lead in that movie. No. And I don't need her to be the lead in that movie. But I think that was a pitch perfect use of that person and that character. I would have wanted I would have been happy with some of Lando, but getting him on Rebels, even his voice acting wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't what maybe I wanted. And and of course, the episode itself was Puffer Pigs. But um, so I think story story wise, disappointed story wise. I'd love to see him in eight reality, which is what we are stuck in. I I can understand why it didn't and maybe won't happen.
5: Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would
1: love a reference to Lando. To learn that he was involved in some significant thing. That he did something heroic around the time of Kylo Ren's fall. Yes. I
7: like that.
6: That was... Yeah, almost weird that there wasn't a reference to me. Um I don't I didn't need the Marcus Brody memorial picture on a bedside thing next to Lando <laughs> or next to Han. Um but yeah, it seemed weird we lived it, it's definitely not a lando List galaxy at that point Yeah, and he right. had a lot to do with what happened. Um so we'll see. I know in some of the, the new expanded fiction. I'm sure we'll get some the the, the five-part comic series is great yeah. that takes place before. Empire. Would you guys
1: be upset if in uh, episode 8 we went back to Bespin and there was a giant statue of lando
6: <laughs> that is almost marcus brody like in uh indiana f- jones four yeah but i'd be okay with i it. like that yeah. Yeah. i'm yeah. okay sure. with going back to Vet bespin and yeah. hey look if it's donald glover playing uh <gasps> johnny lando carisian and it's his son or something i'm good with that too.
3: yes <laughs> totally there you go that.
6: that would be That's great great uh jumped around here a little bit uh,
1: looking at uh Let's see. Let's, let's do this one. Yes. Uh, this is from Mike Leamy. Uh, What's the name for Force-sensitive but not yet trained? You can't be born a Jedi, right?
6: Clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, who's uh, at uh, Mike Leamy, that's a great question that has me stumped. Yeah, me yeah. too. You guys? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Force-sensitive is the name that we've heard used yeah. in canon in uh,
1: I, and I think the interesting thing to me about this question is that Jedi, it appears, is a title. That you're not born a Jedi. Correct. Mm-hmm. You can be force sensitive and then you have to be trained as a Jedi. Padawan so, learner. Yeah, Padawan Pada- learner, Pada- yeah. Pada-
6: right. yeah. Right. Jedi Baby Princess. know nothing
1: maybe is what they're called. <laughs> I, think, I think it
6: might be you're a midi chlorite. Oh, hey, oh, that's a good one. Is go. that it? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. that yeah. Have you had your baby checked for midichlorians, Jennifer? Not Jennifer?
7: yet. I've heard that you only do that when they're a year old, <laughs> their first birthday.
6: <laughs> so yeah. If you, if you go into your doctor uh, 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 in a short while here and, and say, can I get my, my daughter checked for midichlorians and you have video of it, <laughs> high five forever. I will uh, oh my we, gosh. just come on. I kind of yeah. got to do
1: it now. <laughs> oh, and there's also a to- uh, toddler in Jedi training is a youngling. So maybe oh, there is nice. something for even. But is, is that
6: okay? Fair question. But I counter that: is that is that just is that just Yoda? Yeah. Is it specific or is it just something across the galaxy? Like Han to be like, I don't want any younglings. and that's just kids. Or
1: sure. uh, yeah. Well, I don't think I, I don't I've know. ever heard it. I could be wrong.
6: Of course, yeah. I don't think
1: I've ever heard it used to not refer to Jedi. Children. There hasn't Come. been a lot of talk in Star Wars about non-special, just <laughs> yeah, to be, your average, to be ordinary, fair. crappy toddler.
6: Is that <laughs> to be fair? Is that one called a youngling too. Yeah. No, the no, only no, children no. we really see in Star Wars are either uh, playing ball with Annie, and or they're <laughs> Jedi uh, force-sensitive children. Uh, so yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Nobody calls uh, nobody calls yeah. kidster,
1: uh youngling. Uh, but yeah, there, so there should be. I like a media chlorite. Is that what
6: you call them? A midi a chlorite.
1: Midi chlorite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say a, a baby. A, a baby. Cause it's like young. Cause youngling is just young with another thing. Adding <laughs> added at the end. So a baby. <laughs> Fair enough.
6: Fair enough. That's awesome. Uh, it, it'll sound really good when Yoda says it with weight. Mike <laughs> Lee. I hope we answered your question. <laughs> we still might have some questions to answer on I, I think we did. Ken, which one of these do you like? Which one, uh, do, you, which one do you want to do next? Uh, let's go down to our friends at Imperial Podcasting, Imperial Pod, uh, our friend Patrick Barman over there. Uh, he says at Force Center Pod, hashtag 4 Center, if you could decide Rey's backstory, what would you choose? Yeah. Uh, I've gone deep on Spotlight at Star Wars on a theory that a, a, a friend of mine named Kevin had presented to me. About about Rey being created by the Force as kind of an apology or a way to correct the, the manifestation of Anakin mm-hmm. um, and that there might be a virgin birth. He uh, Go listen to that episode about two back on uh, Spotlight Star Wars, uh, and we're going to try to talk to Kevin in person one day. It's a fascinating theory. I could see something like that, but that's my theories. I blabbed for a while on that. Jennifer, Joseph, you guys, if you could make it, if you could answer it right now, what would you make it?
7: Mazcanata and Chewie's child.
6: <laughs> Fair enough. <I> saw, <laughs> they're bibial.
7: I saw that online. I was like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, of course, Obi-Wan's granddaughter has mm. been thrown around.
1: Yeah, and that's cool.
7: Sure, of course, Luke's daughter. I mean, we've we've heard them all, but I do like your that theory. Yeah. I think it makes the most sense.
6: For her being so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. For being uh, a, quote, force Mary Sue uh, uh, to know all that stuff. Uh, I, I think it's because she's so powerful already. And I think they hint at it, and, and this is not me saying there's evidence of a miracle birth, but... Snoke is like, if that's the one, bring her to me. If that's if this is the girl, you say, uh, there's some there's some power. There's some reason for that power. She didn't. She's just not really good at it. She's yeah, amazing right. at it. Yeah. What I, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, you,
1: what I like about this question is, I feel like uh, I think I've said this before on Four Center of mm-hmm. the mystery of who raised parentage is mm-hmm. uh, is sort of like a murder mystery without enough suspects. Yeah. yeah. So we are we are yeah. making up that all of these strange theories and i think a lot of fans are getting obsessed with kind of putting together clues and wanting to be right and i like that this is a question about like but what do you want yes mm. uh because it's not if you're sitting in the movie theater and your your strange wild theory about chewbacca and obi-wan kenobi somehow merging spirits and creating ray or whatever uh is true. You get a moment of like, yay! I made up an incredibly insane sure. thing, and it's right. But yeah. then that's that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want for the the purity of and the I, like? Who is yeah. the character? How does it work in
6: the themes? And oddly enough, at, for me, at the end of the day, what I want is her to be Luke's daughter. I think that ah. I, I think I go uh-huh. Luke's daughter, then born of the Force.
7: Yeah. yeah.
1: I like I yeah. like both of those ideas. I feel like Luke's daughter opens up really interesting storytelling about Luke, introduces mm-hmm. another interesting yep. uh female character. Mm-hmm. Yep.
6: Possibly Laura Dern.
1: Possibly.
6: Yep. Uh and uh Yeah. It's kinda of where I go with that. Where where, you know, what did Luke do in that time? Because he wasn't supposed to do that if he's a Jedi. Right. Love is forbid. So yeah, and I believe— mm, What weekend did he fall off the rails, you know? <laughs> I believe in a Luke who rejects that. Yes. I believe
1: in a Luke who said, that didn't work. That's what led right. to my dad behaving poorly for <laughs> yes. several murderous decades. Yeah. I'm, if, if I meet a nice space
6: lady, I'm marrying her, and that's fine.
5: <laughs> a nice space lady. <laughs> that's,
6: a, that's a quote you can take out from the show, if I'm meeting <laughs> a nice space lady.
7: Well, something that I came across was, uh, how do you, uh, Colin Trevorrow? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce his name? Or Trevorrow. Um, Trevorrow.
6: Trevorrow. Trevorrow. He,
7: yeah, he said something interesting. He said, we're going to make sure that that answer, of who Ray's mm-hmm. parents are, uh, is deeply and profoundly satisfying. Ray is a character that is important in this universe, not just in the context of The Force Awakens, but as in the entire galaxy. Hmm. So that is where I think the idea of being born of the Force, that might hmm. be where he's going. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I think that. the weight of it is going to be in how it's told. Right. Because yeah. there's no way that we have two years, and we do have a full two years now, mm-hmm. of speculating that we're not going to figure out some element of it. And yeah. I certainly don't want them to have planned, oh, she's going to be Luke's daughter. Yeah, we gotta go crazy. Like I don't want them to no change them. it no. because a bunch of <laughs> assholes are doing podcasts. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But
6: it's like that in Game of Thrones, where I worry because of what you kind of can, what George R. R. Martin sometimes appears to be, um, uh, that that he hasn't finished the last two books, and that some of the things that we've all quote figured out as fans, he might go, oh yeah. Because I can still write it, mm. and I don't. Sometimes I just want it to be what it what it appears to be, and for me, I do want it to be that that's Luke's daughter.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think the question in Force Awakens of who's going to be the main Jedi it was the question, and the way it was told, the story beats were so uh, powerful and fist pumping, mm-hmm. positive explosions in in the theater. I, I think partially because the way those beats were told and revealed in the movie, and I just hope that whatever she is, it's. Uh, told really well. Yes, yeah.
7: agreed.
6: That's the key execution of story.
1: Mm-hmm. The key
6: in anything. Uh, next one, let's do it. These are great. Uh, given this list of Ryan Johnson's favorite films, just
1: how weird will Episode Eight be? This was brought to us by sixty nine <laughs> Nub. So, an excellent, elegant question from the sixty nine <laughs> Nub. <laughs> um, in the list uh, is is uh, basically. Art films. Yeah. They're almost all, this is the list of what Ryan Johnson was asked, what are your favorite films? And they're very artistic, auteur type films. So what do you guys think? Based on the fact that he loves very bizarre art house films, what does that tell us about episode eight?
7: Oh, I'm thrilled. I love it. I think we're going to see some a true departure from The Force Awakens and that style of nostalgia. I think he's going to really surprise us. Yeah. I mean, looking at this list, you have, you know, of course, Akira Kurosawa, Ingmar Bergman, mm. Orson Welles, Federico Fellini. Mm. I mean, oh, this is just it's exciting to think that he's going to take this franchise that we love and do something something totally different. Potentially. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the other oh. cool thing about that list that I hadn't thought about of all of those movies are directly or inspired by noir films. Mm-hmm. They all have an element of noir, mm. you know, take the third light out. So there's always shadows somewhere right. mm-hmm. uh, is my mm-hmm. film uh, teacher described noir films to me. Uh, and that makes sense because Empire Strikes Back is the closest of the. Uh, original trilogy to being a noir film. And even Attack of the Clones, which uh, has its share of problems, of course, it has influences of the noir Mm -hmm. of the Los Angeles 1940s detective story where Obi-Wan Kenobi is going on a little detective Mm -hmm. mission Mm -hmm. like he is Philip Marlowe in Star Wars universe. So it makes me excited that not only will it be like tonally dark, but that it will be in terms of like genre and theme. He's very well aware of. I'm not just going to make horrible things happen to my characters while everything's brightly lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. But they're, they're, they're going to go through moments of doubt and
6: darkness in their souls. Yeah. I'm just laughing a little bit because I'm picturing, uh, they, forget about it, Jake, it's Camino Town. <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with you guys, I mean, seeing uh, with my l- sister, my friend, my sister, <laughs> my friend, my sister, my friend. See what they did with Looper, or uh, see what he did with Looper, Ryan Johnson. Uh, I expect it to be uh, weird in its own way but it's still got to hold to what Star Wars is and be big and epic and, and saga-like. I don't think we're getting a small character picture at all, but I think we're going to have that element. And, and the darkness, Joseph, like you said, is going to be where I think this movie lives.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, and especially if, if Kylo himself is going through training and he's completing his journey to the dark side of the falls. Uh, I think there's going to be some dark, dark themes, man. Yeah. yeah. Faith and eight. <laughs> hashtag faith
1: in i think that is the main uh, message of this
6: yeah um, this um, sorry uh, uh, here, here's another question from uh, jim Vial, uh, vial v-i-a-l-l vile vial he's not vile no <laughs> he's virile jim you're virile jim has a great question anakin's divine birth plagueis or something else Hashtag Fall uh, We touched upon Ray maybe being her own midi based birth. Fully Plagueis? Palpatine? Uh, yeah. Something else? Yeah.
1: I mean I so I the Darth Plagueis book obviously not canon anymore Correct. but many other little elements of it have been made canon so yep. it seems like the story group is open to just like yeah sure it's canon yeah um I feel like there's really room for some more storytelling about what the dark arts of the Sith are what are all of the unnatural mm-hmm. things that they can do and there are has been a lot in new canon that supports like well Palpatine was really interested in Doing uh, all this dark research, so I would love something that tells us the story of of Anakin, and I would like it to be some sort of manipulation of the Force. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I'm not married to it being Plagueis. Yes, it it makes sense from everything we know from Revenge sure. of the Sith.
6: Yeah, I don't take it as um, the Force. Just one day was like, you know what I want to do. <laughs> I think there was a little something to it, um, though. I consider the Force in story being this all encompassing being almost that might do that and thus the force awakening and what literally it means. But yeah, I think it's strongly hinted at in Sith that that Palpatine knew who Anakin was for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether or not they lost track and suddenly, oh, the kid showed up or it just was all part of the plan and gone exactly as Shiv or Shiv had foreseen it (laughs) uh, or his friend uh, Plagueis. Uh, I think something brought it about something. I agree yeah <laughs> that, you're, you're, you're not, that's it I you're agree. not married to Plagueis either
7: nah nah I don't know <laughs>
0: sorry <Deep cuts.
6: laughs> it's okay deep cuts Jim, <laughs> hope that answered your question Jim um, Eric Santiago uh, go up to this one here uh, at the Eric Santiago says what do you think the other Knights of Run were doing during the Force Awakens Kylo could have used the help it's kind of like uh, in Captain America you're like where's the rest of the Avengers
1: yeah uh, well I, I think that they're off doing some dark side stuff yeah. I think they're training I think they're meditating on some dark stuff, uh, and I think it is smart of the First Order and the Knights of Ren to not keep everybody on the same planet that might blow up. <laughs> yeah.
6: True.
7: I have I came across a theory that I, I okay. enjoyed. So this theory is that, of course, Luke trained Ben Solo, yeah. who then went rogue, and then he gathered the Knights of Ren, these elite soldiers, and he set out on a mission mm-hmm. to get Darth Vader's helmet. Oh, who uh, the helmet?
6: Mm-hmm. Can,
7: can you guess where I'm going?
6: Uh, somewhere with Ewoks.
7: The, yes, and so that this this person, I kid you not, this person showed the still shot of you know of the, uh, the Knights of Ren with the right. bodies around. Yeah. They're like, yeah. well, we can't really tell what these bodies look like. <laughs> they could very well be little Ewoks <laughs> just laying around the Knights of Ren. And so I was like, this is ridiculous, and yet I kind of like it. It's yeah. So no, it's so absurd. I love the, the
1: idea that uh, Kylo is certainly the the boss of the Knights of Ren, and I like the idea that he's probably a Dick
6: about it yes. that
1: he is trying to send people off on missions I love the idea that they're basically his eBay collectors of like I've yeah. heard there's this <laughs> Sith artifact here
6: you go get at that you go slaughter yeah. the Ewoks you go bid on this one
7: he's the ultimate fan
6: and that's some good side fiction that could be a Marvel comic it could be a novel is the Knights of Ren going to collect this stuff I think Look, there is something in Chuck Wendig's Aftermath. There's a chapter about Vader's lightsaber that yeah. is really weird and intriguing and one of the best things of that maligned book. Um, so, yeah, there's something to that. There's something to whether or not we're going to see a Knight of Ren, uh, you know, fighting Low Gray. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, during the movie, you know, part of me, my thought when I was going to answer this was like, well, maybe they don't even exist anymore. Maybe something happened. But then I'm like, no, Snoke's kind of refers to them as present tense right. you even you the leader of the knights of ren have not faced this kind of challenge so it could be past tense but it seemed to me that it was an active unit of uh, gang of pals um so i don't know maybe they're back wherever they're taking ren to maybe they're waiting mm. maybe they're maybe snoke has them maybe you know they're not necessarily snoke's guys so maybe he's got them captured or trapped or uh distracted and maybe del Toro's part of the group or not part of the group i don't know i i I don't uh, – I definitely uh, – I, I love the sentiment of, hey, where were his pals? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, I think they're – since they're not quite affiliated with the First Order, they could be anywhere. They could be doing anything.
1: Yeah, since yes. they're knights, I want them to uh, have a castle.
6: Mm. Castle,
1: And uh, we've yeah. seen Dooku had a castle in the Clone Wars. Yep. Uh, but you no know, famous production design. Early scripts yep. of Empire Strikes Back had Darth Vader living in a castle. Yep. So I would love some knights who live in a weird castle yep. doing weird dark side stuff together. And
7: <laughs> dance like money Python. Yeah, that was because I,
1: I want one to be like... That, yeah. People have asked me what would break my fandom of Star
6: Wars. A Monty Python joke in Star Wars would break me. I would be done for a little while. He got through the prequels, but he just couldn't get through the night to Ren going, I spit in your face and fart in your gentle direction. Um, nope. So that's that The final one I want to discuss here as we move on to the final segment here Which is a fun new segment Joseph's bringing to the show Uh, But Russell Turco asks a great question here And I believe he asked this uh, on Facebook, right, Joseph? Yes And don't forget, we do have a Facebook page We highlight Twitter a lot because that's what we do in society Uh, Facebook (laughs) is still around, Facebook still exists Uh, Go to our Facebook page, Force Center, and you can ask us stuff there too Um, Russell asks a great question there, uh,
1: Joseph what is something they can do in future movies to make the general audience appreciate the prequels more? I know most of us hardcore fans appreciate them, but I still have a hard time convincing the general audience. Oh, th- Russell, first, thanks uh, for trying to convince the general audience. I know exactly what you mean, uh, and I'm not making fun of you. But I, I, I love the. I picture you just going up to strangers. It's like, have you heard the good word about the prequels? Uh, and I have been tempted to do that when I have heard people bashing the prequels in public. But I know exactly what you mean. It, you can kind of have a debate with hardcore Star Wars fans because. Mm-hmm what I think the good things about the prequels are get to kind of the, the depth in the core of Star Wars. It has uh, themes about redemption and the relationship between parents and uh, young ones and old ones and all sorts of uh, great stuff like that, but that's it's hard to get into that depth with mm-hmm. a casual Star Wars
6: fan. It's like, I like lasers and when Chewbacca
1: roars. <laughs> um,
6: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, Russell, and I'm not answering this flippantly, I don't know if there's anything you could do to make people appreciate the prequels more uh, in future movies but it, it, it could happen um, for me it happened with little things um, we've discussed Joseph and I discussed the prequels and ad nauseum on shows and we're going to do it again we get a, I, another guest I'm trying to get lined up soon Who? Uh, came on movie fights and defended them as the better of the films, uh, which I don't agree with fully, but uh, now, Jennifer, you think your love of the prequels is a little less than ours.
7: A little less, a little but was... I'm. I, you know what I think? I'm sorry, I'll let no, you finish No, 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 thought. continue your thought. I feel like the, sh- the conversation has actually shifted. Ever since mm-hmm. The Force Awakens came out, I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, prequels weren't so bad after all. And mm. I find that, like, looking at the comments section, which I love to look at.
6: That you're a brave soul.
7: <laughs> that mm. people, when they start, you know, spewing that prequel hate, a gang of commenters will say, hey, yeah. you know, like, you're you're not, uh, they'll basically uh, bash that person mm-hmm. and say, yeah, like, yeah. you're missing out. The, you know, we don't need your hate and you don't understand the greatness mm-hmm. of these films and George Lucas was an artist and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I mean, at least I've gained and your appreciation sure. from you guys and also from the Star Wars ring theory
3: yeah. which yeah. really
7: exposes um, the brilliance of George Lucas in my
3: opinion
1: sure.
7: and maybe not everything came out the way that I would have wanted it as sure. a fan but I am not George Lucas yeah. you know? like, I think the
1: best thing yeah, is to say maybe uh, let go of your hate yeah. uh, if you yeah. saw them or heard that they're just awful just first let let go of that and don't don't worry about whether they're good or bad in whatever definition you have of that just sit down and see if you enjoy them and see what parts that you enjoy about the mm-hmm. viewing experience because that's how i became the sort of defender of the prequels of like I, I recognize and agree with many of the criticisms but i enjoy watching these movies so mm-hmm. what is there that is making me feel that way
6: and and what i was uh Saying there, the little things, and I think I've discussed it on Spotlight Star Wars before, but for instance, I, I, you know, I came out of Revenge of the Sith just like, oh, that was a waste of, you know, three films, and I was in that mode, but I was playing the second Battlefront, and I was getting to play Clone uh Troopers. And the the level on Mustafar was interesting, and it was dark, and I loved exploring it. And then the music, which is actually, I think, the Ruminations uh, track, uh, when uh, Anakin and Padme are kind of staring at each other from across the, the planet, not knowing they're kind of looking out the same window together. Um, it's a dark piece of music. And in playing that game, and just, you know, X, Y, X, Y, smashing <laughs> my controller, uh, I loved that scene. And it, I found myself i want to watch i want to watch revenge of the sith tonight just mm-hmm. something yeah. i didn't think i'd be doing so it, it comes in little things um when little characters you, you know the seeing Re- captain rex in rebels is is a more of a hey remember the clone wars cartoon thing but it's it's connected to the previous it G- gives it mm-hmm. humanity
1: yeah and i think the the other thing that you could maybe tell a general audience is don't expect these to be like the classic trilogy That's what the fans wanted. George Lucas wanted to make the movies that he always imagined, which was a totally different story. It Mm -hmm. is about when the galaxy was shinier because it hadn't been abused by Mm -hmm. the Empire. It is about politics and intrigue. There aren't many rogues and scoundrels and bounty hunters overall. It's about the elite of society. Mm -hmm. And that go in is watching a new thing. It is not trying to be like the classic. Yeah.
7: If if you're a person that hates the prequels, I would also recommend watching the making of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. I watched that recently. I had seen it before, but I was just so loud in my hate. I watched it recently, and I, it is so impressive the yes. level of detail that George Lucas went. You know, I mean, yeah. you're looking at these storyboards. You're you know, hearing these conversations with him and John yeah. Williams about the you know the duel of the fates. Like, it's just fascinating. 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 And after that, I'm like, there's no way I can't hate the Phantom Menace looking at all the work that they put into this film. Yeah. I can find things about that film that I enjoy, and there's other things that I that I mean not like, and well, that's okay. A lot, a lot. Yeah, Look, there's a lot okay.
6: there. It's a lot, It's about the execution, the dialogue, the performances. That's where it, it, the train gets a little little wonky. But but overall, yeah, and that documentary is fascinating too, for Rick McCallum's faces that he makes <laughs> all through it. That's um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. a great one. I've mentioned that documentary a lot. You can find it on, I think, on the the, the DVD of Phantom Menace. It's uh, no narration, just uh, just footage yeah. behind the scenes, and it's fascinating to me. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, you know, we'll see in the future movies, Russell. It's a great question because I think in Force Awakens, it was generally they were generally ignored in a way to me. I, they didn't. There was no overt reference to the prequels that grabbed me, Mm-mm. Um but. Who knows what's coming?
1: Yeah, for me, it was the acknowledgement of clones existing and the, yes. the the performance connection between Adam Driver and Hayden Christensen. The way he yelled You're, traitor oh, was yeah. oh, straight out of Hayden
6: Christensen's right. mouth. You're right, and I and you, stand corrected, because that was actually yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I took that, and that was exactly something that stood out, and I, I've seen discussion. I've, I saw some fans tweeting, um, now I, I want to go watch Sith, and I've never— never wanted to. So you're right. There are those little things. Yeah, and Mm
1: -hmm. hopefully there'll be more in uh, episode 8. Hashtag faith in 8. Faith in Uh, (laughs) 8. Shall we move on to our final segment?
6: Absolutely. Joseph, this is your brain child. Please introduce it. Yeah,
1: so speaking of our Facebook page, uh, so what we're going to do is we are going to play a game called Finish the Fan Fiction. (laughs) I have written a couple of sentences of a very short Star Wars story. I'm going to see if uh, Ken and Jennifer have some ideas to complete this. Uh, And then after we post this episode, we will post these fan Fictions on our Facebook page, and you guys can fill in your stories, and uh, eventually we'll yeah. pick some out that we like and share your completion of these fan fiction stories right here on Force Center. So here we go. Yeah, here's the fan fiction. Okay,
6: are we just so you talk and then we finish it?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and okay. then and then we can discuss a little bit, and then you you can try to finish. Okay, I'll follow your lead here. Okay, Han walked confidently into the room. Hey, kid, he said, "What do you think of my new jacket?" Luke sighed and said,
6: Give me a moment. Yep. (laughs) That could be the end of the story. That would be fine. (laughs) Luke sighed and said, Not another jacket. It will never be as cool as my jacket that I had after I took down the Death Star. Well, kid, I kind of had something to do with that. I think I deserve this jacket. I don't know. I don't think Leia's going to like your jacket. I think she's going to like my jacket. It's a guy. I'm a simple farm boy. I think that's the kind of the guy she's looking for. I don't know, kid. I don't know. I think she might be looking for a nice guy. You're not a nice guy. Oh, I'm okay. I'll work on the response when she asks me that question later on in life. That was great. That was perfect.
1: That's all I could come up with. What what are you sorry for? You just (laughs) held a long conversation with yourself as Luke and Han. Is exactly the kind of surprise yeah, yeah. I was hoping for.
6: I hope oh, my whole life has been building to that
1: moment. Yeah. All right, are you are you ready, Jennifer? <laughs> yes, I'm
7: sorry, I was
1: laughing so hard. Understandably oh, so. I God. I like it. The jacket is a symbol for the ten- the pre sibling sexual tension <laughs> yes. between Luke, Khan, and Leia. Oh. I care. <laughs> I care. Oh. My jacket's nice too. Where are you going? Uh, all right, I'll I'll give you the story again. You ready, Jennifer? Okay. Okay. Han walked confidently into the room. Hey, kid, he said. What do you think of my new jacket? Luke sighed and said,
7: Eh, it's all right if you're a scoundrel like you. <laughs> Me, I'm a ragtag kid from a farm. I got all the things that the ladies like. <laughs> uh, Han chortled?
6: He's always chortling. <laughs> He's a real chortler.
7: I got nothing! No. <laughs> um... Just then, Leia burst through the door. What are you two scruffy looking nerf herders doing in this joint? I, I got nothing. No, I've I love. love I, I lost I, I, it. See, I, I want to. No, it was
1: great. It was great. Amazing performance. Uh, believable interaction between the characters. And as soon as you had Luke self-describe himself as ragtag, <laughs> I thought this is amazing. We're hearing a Star Wars musical.
6: <laughs> Jennifer is going to start singing. I'm I'm sound- a tag tag kid. <laughs> I liked your use of Leia, and I think she would burst in there. I think that was a canon use of Leia's yeah. uh, door entrance skill. Yeah, I think that's great. I think
1: that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. So we will uh we will post
1: this on our Facebook page and let you guys uh, weigh in as well and see what you guys come up with what what, he, what ideas spark from Han introducing his jacket to Luke. Will it be a long discussion of their uh sexual tension with Leia yeah, and their their identity or will it be a prelude to a musical like Jennifer provided <laughs> Please,
6: us? I
7: need to work on my improv. No, no
1: that was
6: great. Tag farm boy from Tatooine. That was great. That was awesome. great. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So, is that we're just doing that one? Yeah, I think yeah we'll do okay. it that one. Right. Yeah, see, see how it goes. goes. We'll Phew. do some more. This is great. So, yeah, finish <laughs> oh, the fan fiction as we uh, expand the Four Center show uh, and take it to places we never thought possible there. Uh, this has been a fun discussion here, breaking down all the news, all the theories, all the speculation, all the fun. The big question being, who will Laura Dern be? The bigger question being, is there going to be a Star Wars movie in 2020? And is it going to be Boba Fett or should it be? I hope you guys all enjoy that. Uh, Four Center rolls. On at Force Center Pod is where you can follow us on Twitter. And if you have a question and want to join the conversation, be sure to hashtag Force Center. Uh, we have got some stuff on this feed coming. We got more databank brawl, right, Joseph? That's right. Uh, that is our show there that Joseph has created that uh, pits two characters in the Star Wars universe against each other. Jennifer Land is wonderful. Uh, NPR of Star Wars Jedi Beat is in the <laughs> works, and you've got a great one coming, right?
7: Yes, about the Star Wars Ring Theory. I interviewed uh, Mike Climo, the creator of the Ring Theory, and it was fascinating so i can't wait to share it with you guys
6: you are the star wars journalist the galaxy needs
7: I want them to write my character into episode eight. <laughs> I got a question.
6: Well, maybe that'll be Laura Dern. Maybe, uh, maybe you'll be played by Laura Dern. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. I like, I like that in Jennifer's episode eight, there's a press conference at one point. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That the Excuse First Order's me. given to press. Hux is given a next question for Hux.
1: That'd be a great way to get people to shut up about ever complaining about a political scene. <laughs> I did not like the press conference with the Space Nazi.
6: And as always, Spotlight Star Wars rolls on uh, generally every Saturday morning, my monologue from me to you, the Star Wars fan. And So that's what we got going on the Force Center podcast feed. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Potomatic, which is uh, growing and getting bigger and better. So please follow Potomatic on Twitter and find our show there. And, of course, big news, Joseph and Jennifer. Uh, we finally, uh, probably a while ago, but now I can officially say I finally remembered to check. We are on Stitcher. Excellent. Cool. So if you don't have iTunes and you're not uh, you listen uh, through other means, we are on Stitcher. Find Force Center on there. Joseph, where can the fine folks find you in all your Star Wars adventures? Uh, they can follow me on all those social medias is at joseph scrimshaw
1: they can find out about all of my shows and other activities on my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and they can find my personal podcast obsessed on feral audio.com absolutely
6: and you're going to be in wizard world las vegas correct yes and
1: you're going to be there as well correct? i'm trying
6: to make it out there yeah right. on my own not with screen junkies just yeah. going to head out well there i got on some stuff own. for you to do uh Ooh. let's talk we'll so talk about it off air let's, let's talk Ooh. let's do it sounds and,
7: interesting
6: uh the wonderful jennifer land it's always great that you can uh, uh put aside your young padawan uh your chlorite and your baby old <laughs> Baby (laughs) of BB-8 to come out and join us. We appreciate you You are a valuable voice in the Star Wars community, so we're happy to have you here on Force Center as always. And where can they find and follow you and listen to your rap?
7: You can find my rap on YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa, or you can find me all over social media as uh, Mm -hmm. Jennifer Landa. That's it.
6: (laughs) That's good. That's (laughs) good. good.
7: Kept it simple. It's real real
6: simple. (laughs) Branding is simple. So, that has been Force Center for this week, episode seven in the books. More coming later. We will see you next time in this great big galaxy where a jacket can take you far.